0: hello welcome to this month's edition of the fit finance sessions my name is charlie Redding. i'm the founder of efficient portfolio and joining me here today we've got henry tom and toby also financial planners at uh, efficient portfolio now today we said that as part of our program for doing the fit finance sessions we would do one of these sessions straight after the budget because there's always hot potatoes in the budget to talk about. And particularly in the world of pensions, they love having a dabble and a play with the tax system. And and so we thought fairly confidently we would put together a budget on all, of, uh, a podcast on all the changes that have happened in the budget. So typically we've done this after probably the quietest budget we've had uh, for our sector for quite a while. But anyway, there are a few pieces of wisdom in there. And obviously some some very important pieces of, of information that came out of um, mr Hammond's budget uh, nothing more important than the fact that he'd frozen duty on beer cider and gin of course so that's oh. that's a good that's a good start <laughs> as far as we're all concerned but There are some important changes, not lots, but there are some things that are really worth bearing in mind. So there's always a bit of a play around with the tax system, Henry. Uh, Do you want to give us a little bit of a lowdown as to what uh, Philip Hammond has been doing with the tax system as a result of the budget? Sure thing. I think actually it was one of the big headlines that came
1: out of the budget this year was that um, some of the personal allowance and tax limits that he had set for later in his tenure and he's brought forward. Um, So the first one is the personal allowance. Now, the personal allowance is the amount of income that you can earn before you start paying any tax on it. Um, And Previously, it was £11,850, and this has now been moved up to £12,500 a year early. So that takes effect from, from April. The next part, the, the next allowance that he's, he's amended slightly was to, to raise the higher rate threshold for tax. So that's now moved up to £50,000. So when your total income is £50,000, you start to pay 40% tax over and above it and 20% tax underneath it. One of the things that it's probably worthwhile pointing out here is that slightly higher levels of of income, this also brings... A planning area into, into focus. And that is, as you start to earn over £100,000 that personal allowance, the £12,500 is removed and it's removed by, by a pound for every £2 over £100,000 you earn. So that now means that from earnings between £100,000 to £125,000 will now suffer an effective marginal rate of tax of 60% so that's twenty percent of, sorry, forty percent of your higher rate tax, and then twenty percent on on those personal allowance earnings that you would have had before. So that's something to bear in mind. Um, so far as tax changes go, however, pretty much from an income tax perspective, pretty much stayed the same. In inheritance tax perspective, things pretty much stayed the same. The only other one really is your capital gains tax allowance, which has eked up a little bit now. So that's. 12,000 pounds per person per year that you can utilize. And of course it remains
0: half of that for um, for trusts. Excellent, so at least one positive that's come out of it is that we now have a nice easy number to remember for the capital gains tax allowance. A nice 12000 for that and 12500 for the personal allowance. We like easy numbers to, to remember. Why they can't be the same, I don't understand. <laughs> but hey, we live in, a, in, a, in an idealistic world. Here. Uh, and so Tom, there's, they usually like to play around with the pensions world in these budgets. Were there any changes to the pensions world, or anything to think about with regards to pensions following on from the budget?
2: Yeah, so the lifetime allowance has increased slightly uh, from a million and thirty to a million and fifty-five, which effectively means there's an additional twenty-five thousand pounds worth of lifetime allowance tax. Um, that uh, we won't have to pay, um, and what that means in reality is that's about six thousand pounds of additional tax-free cash. So if you are thinking about taking your tax-free cash in the near future, then perhaps delaying to uh, post April would be would be a good idea. Um, and but other other than that, on a pension front, it's it's been pretty quiet, which. Um, is to be expected, I think, given all the changes over the last few years. But um, a little bit of stability is, is good, I think, for, for people going forward. And can you use
0: pensions to offset any of what uh, Henry was talking about in terms of the, the that 60% marginal tax rate?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's been quite important for our clients to try and reduce their taxation above the £100,000 limit. It, it, this budget just means it's even more so to, to worthwhile to go and do that. That planning, Um, So yeah, using pension contributions to reduce yourself under that limit or the high rate tax threshold or whatever threshold it might be um, by making pension contributions, that would always help. So somebody that's earning £125,000,
0: then they can make a pension lump sum contribution, can't they? And get 60% tax relief on that money. So for every £10 that's going into the pension, it's only actually costing them £4 out of their pocket. That's an absolute no-brainer. If you're in that zone, you've got to be trying to get as much um, out of that uh, tax relief as possible, haven't you? Really? Oh, absolutely. It, as you say, it's a no-brainer. It's
1: it's so cheap. Obviously, you've got to have the capital, perhaps there, um, to make the contribution initially. But you know, there may be one way of going through your employer and increasing your pension contributions just through your salary, so that it comes straight out. Just to to get yourself down, or as close to earning a hundred thousand pounds as you as you possibly as can. can,
0: yeah. And then actually, there's another. It's not quite the same, but there's a similar sort of um, thing that happens around fifty thousand pounds, isn't there? Because there's the it affects the, your the child, child life, benefit. Child benefit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I must confess, I can't remember the exact numbers again. But I, but I between if that's and one and fifty one and two, yeah, that's right. It, it, it is, and so you you do lose it. And again, using pensions to try and uh, keep that down would would through salary sacrifice as you say might be uh, might be good planning.
1: It's interesting in in part that actually that higher rate of tax threshold and the and the child benefit threshold have now equalised actually both at fifty thousand pounds because it's always a slight anomaly that the higher rate th- tax threshold was at about forty five thousand but yeah. the higher earners child benefit was was that much higher. So logic would say that
0: they'll both rise together here on in so it would but I'm sure it not <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure we're all remembering 51275 30p from next year onwards um, but there's often you know there's often clients that get in contact and sort of say you know it uh, are there any rash things that I should be doing beforehand before the budget you know are they likely to Uh, scrap the the tax-free lump sum from pensions or uh, should I be making quick pension contributions because they're going to scrap the tax relief but inevitably all of these things in my 19 years in the industry I think there's always been that talk pre-budget will this won't this happen but those pension changes seem pretty unlikely at the moment don't they because I, I think the underlying theme to this budget seems to be Let's try and keep everybody happy in the lead up to Brexit, but we've got to leave a lo- enough in the tank because we may have to have an emergency bu- uh, budget uh, if if there's no deal and and you know all hell breaks loose. Yeah,
1: that's right. I mean, certainly I was reading in the in the papers beforehand that annual allowances could be reduced. So it's forty thousand at the moment, and perhaps that comes down to thirty five, thirty, even twenty thousand pounds a year, which would seriously limit the amount you as a saver could put into your pension, but equally then increases the tax take that the government gets because it's not giving you so much tax relief, mm-hmm. that might be an
0: obvious target in the future, potentially. Um, or it's, it's actually naturally being erode, eroded anyway, isn't it? Because awesome. you know, unlike the lifetime allowance, which is now index-linked, the 40000 is remote So eventually, pension contribute... If that remains constant, eventually... Pension contributions will become minimal anyway, won't they? Yeah, that's going to be a worry, surely. Yeah, the state pensions not that much to, to keep you going. On. Absolutely, and I noticed that the ISO allowance didn't go up either. Mm. So you know, actually, all of these these tax breaks are being squeezed a little bit. That's right. What about um, tax for, you yeah. know, on the property world, uh, Toby? Was there anything around around <laughs> that? So uh, one of Philip
1: Hammond's, um key themes of, of this budget um, was to end austerity. And yes, Charlie, there's been good news for first-time buyers um, and/or um, shared ownership properties, whereby the first five or properties up to uh, with a value up to five hundred thousand pounds, there won't be any stamp duty. That was an increase of two hundred thousand. It used to be up to three hundred thousand. So uh, that's great news. Unfortunately, speaking um, for myself, I narrowly missed out on this. Uh, free of stamp duty by uh, a couple of
2: years so not bitter at all Uh, I think that would be never never bitter
0: Uh, but but that was pretty much it there wasn't it yes yeah it was so that's obviously going to hopefully help um, first time buyers
1: they're going to have a bit more cash in their back pockets um, just to try and encourage uh, further spending and, and consumer confidence but, but that was pretty much it on the property front right
0: and as the as the business owner at Efficient Portfolio the one I my heart was in my mouth when he mentioned the words Entrepreneurs Relief not that I've got any plans to sell Efficient Portfolio before you start <laughs> panicking if you're a client of ours uh, but it always is a, a subject that's close to my heart and he did tighten the rules on, it, on uh, Entrepreneurs Relief a little bit so he he uh, meaning you have to hold the asset for 24 months now rather than 12 months. But for me, that's not a big deal for most people that are trying to claim entrepreneur's relief because they you know, typically have owned the business for significantly longer than that. And the other thing that came out for small business owners is that now as a small business owner, I can complain to the financial uh, ombudsman service. So that's handy for me if I ever need that. But then other than that, there wasn't a lot for business owners uh, in there, unless you own a big tech company. Anybody want to tell me about what happened to the, big, the Facebooks of this
2: world? Uh, sure, I'll go. Uh, I think it, they're trying to tax their revenue rather than their profit because it's too easy for them to massage the numbers through various structures. And I think I think this budget has been a, a closure, a bit like the entrepreneur relief rules, of loopholes. If they can close some of those loopholes that people have been exploiting, um, such as Facebook, Amazon, these various other, other companies... Um, And make sure they pay their fair fair share of tax, so it doesn't affect us or other sort of small businesses or even larger businesses. But the big tech firms will pay a bit more tax. Um, Some would argue they should pay a lot more tax, but I think it's um, uh, it it will be a a shift towards a different direction in terms of international taxation and and what that brings for for a global economy could be quite interesting. Well, it could be,
0: couldn't it? Because it could, you know, we've already had mutterings from the US around. Uh, that's starting to cause a trade war between the UK and the US in the same. Obviously, there's a big trade war going on between the US and China at the moment. Uh, that's not the sort of thing that we're going to want to be hearing in the lead up to Brexit, is it? And it also is not the sort of thing we want to be um, hearing around you know, a time when we've seen uh, nervousness in the markets already, haven't we? I mean, you know, the market performance has been not very really good over the last uh, few months, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, certainly you're right. I mean, I don't think the UK wants to, to burn any bridges right now. Um, certainly with Brexit on the horizon um, and getting into trade wars with the US w- would be an unpleasant and unnecessary um, place to be. It, it, hopefully we won't get there. But I think that the bigger these bigger tech companies have also got to pay their way. And I think not only politically, but I think... The population as a whole is is fairly united behind that fact that they they've got a they've got to pay a bit more tax. In terms of the performance of the markets, that's been quite an interesting one because they have dipped a little bit, um, but they've dipped on the back of good news, which is mm-hmm. which is fairly perverse actually. Good data coming out of America saying America has been growing well, and their their um, their uh, employment figures are. Are ever increasing, or unemployment figures are falling, um, has spooked the market a little bit into thinking interest rates will go up, um, and that will make profitability of companies a little bit worse than it has been so far. So it's been a, it's been a funny. It's bad for investors clearly, but actually
0: perhaps longer term, the, the picture's not quite so bad. Yeah, and I, I think it, it also comes down to. Yeah, have you, have you guys had clients on the phone worried about markets and worried about um, investments falling? You know, what's what's been your reaction from your clients?
2: Yeah, I think that sometimes there will always be a bit of nervousness, and uh, I think it's these are the times where actually you will make the money over the long term. Investors are rewarded for taking that that risk, the premium for taking risk, equity risk. Um, so actually, sometimes when volatility is happening, it's uncomfortable at the time, but really these are the times where it creates the the traction to move forward Um, and i think a lot of this this is very much a repeat of the start of the year as henry said the underlying economic data is is very good so yes i think there's a lot of uncertainty but and that can feel uncomfortable when you're looking at your portfolio but we're designing our portfolios to achieve what the clients want to over the long term what happens in the short term shouldn't really affect too much
0: yeah, I agree. I think, actually, somebody, um, I heard recent, sum it up recently really well, which is the secret to long-term growth is withstanding short-term volatility, short-term losses. You know, you've got to be in it for the long-term. If you're in it for the long-term, then really, whether the value's a bit more or a bit less than it was three months ago doesn't make that much difference, As long as you're in a properly diversified portfolio, uh, you should be, you know, in, in the right place to... Get market protection from the markets when they fall. That doesn't mean you don't fall at all, but depending on the risk level, you you, know, you get decent protection there. But when the markets rise, you're then in prime position to to try and benefit from those those rises. Yeah, it's the old adage, of course, isn't it? Time in the market rather than timing the market. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that is that is the key, and I, I think you know it's all very easy to get. Bogged down with you know, bad news in the press, you know. We all know that we all know that newspapers love bad news, mm. so it's very easy to get disillusioned by the fact that the markets are down and your investments have lost a little bit. And and actually, you know, what's I think what's worried people more is, you know, the market has fallen, but could it? Could this be the start of something really big? Uh, and and actually, I think you know, just sticking with the investment strategy. Uh, long-term is, is, um, is the recipe for success. Agreed. A- anybody want to add anything to that?
1: No, I mean, no, absolutely. As you, as you say, but a pretty, pretty uh, nice budget, stable budget, um, and keep your money invested, and hopefully the markets improve over the course of the next six months.
0: Brilliant. Well, and nobody wants to throw in any toilet jokes in line with Philip Hanley budget. I, th- I
2: think uh, I think he's done enough for the, for the whole of us. Leave to it. Excellent. Well, this
0: is the shortest podcast we've done so far, but with um, but we've got. I think we've covered all of what we can see as the important points. Uh, that were that were raised in in this budget and so that's the end of the budget version of the fit finance sessions and we look forward to catching up with you again next month thank you very much